life really took me in a really interesting direction. I was pregnant at the time. I had already had one child. I think I was traveling and I came home and my daughter had gotten into my skincare. How old I was, was she at the time? She was almost three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she had gotten into my skincare. She was chatted all over her face, her arms, like everywhere. Super thick. Like, you know, the way that kids play with like, things. Like, mommy, I'm putting on makeup. I know. It's exactly what it was. And she was like, look at me. And I remember looking up to her and thinking like, oh my gosh, so cute. And oh my gosh, probably like a million dollars on your face. Um, and then thinking... Oh my gosh, you have to take that off your skin. This is going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea this what's in it. This is toxic. This is toxic, right? Everything that I buy says like anti-fatigue, anti-wrinkle. Like, gosh, if my skincare isn't good enough for her, it probably isn't good enough for, for me. You, yeah. Founded in 2017, StartWell is Toronto's independent hub for innovators to collaborate. Our podcasts relate perspectives from the world's most diverse urban population to reflect unique insights into global business, media, and culture. So this is the 51st episode of the StartWell podcast. So it's a pleasure to celebrate what I feel like is kind of, it's not just a new year, but it's like a, we're, we're officially kind of, we just kicked off the new season with the 50th episode. And so this is the beginning of a new season for 2023. And it's awesome to have you in the studio, Lisa. Matam? Matam, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Um, Lisa, your company, and we're sitting down with some products on the table, but your company is called Sahajan. Yes. Uh, before we dig into this array of wonderful things in amazing packages and the brand mm -hmm. let's backtrack a bit i'd love to hear because you are an entrepreneur this is your company mm -hmm. how did you find your way into entrepreneurship was it a product like something that you needed to develop that made you in an entrepreneur or have you always been an entrepreneur Ooh, that's a really good question because I would have told you when I worked in corporate that I wasn't an entrepreneur. But if I look back on my life, I clearly was. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I can actually pinpoint different businesses through high school, through undergrad, just different opportunities that I that I took on, but always with the vision that I was going to be this corporate person. Mm -hmm. And so I started my career in the pharmaceutical industry. Okay. So working in small biotech and then eventually big biotech. So my last formal job was with J&J in their biotech division, being a marketer on their biggest brand at the time. So, so internal marketing for pharmaceutical. Yeah. So we worked. So my, this is going to sound like not exciting at all. But my last role was working on a drug that was, again, biggest drug at the time for J&J. It was for anemia of chronic kidney disease. And I uh, worked on marketing and strategy. Wow. Yeah. And it was interesting because if you had met me then, I was a full corporate Mooney in the sense of like, I, I believed in the organization. I, you know, when you work in corporate, you can see the path and you're so passionate about succession planning and, and it's your world. It's your world. It really the hierarchy, is. The, especially right. Oh, Negotiating the hierarchy, the, the hierarchy and, and, and really understanding like, and it's amazing because as someone who runs a small company now, you have this huge organization and everything about it. I, I'm a big community person. And so, you know, in high school, I was student council president and in university, I did all these things. So I kind of felt like, an extension of all those experiences and then not planned and for for a number of reasons I decided to leave pharma and I put out a shingle in consulting and part of it was you know feeling very inspired after working in pharma about 
I just I felt like there was this huge capacity to do more with younger leaders, mm. to do more development around leaders, around diversity, around women. And I could really see the gaps when I was working in corporate. Yep. And I just thought there's so many things we could do better. Mm -hmm. And so I want to start working in this area. And then I also consulted back into pharma. So I went into con consulting. That was really my first foray into entrepreneurship because I, I laugh now and my parents, I think, were shaking their heads at the time. I was going like engaged to be married. My, I think my mother-in-law thought I was like getting ready to sit home and like eat bonbons or something because she heard I'd quit my job and, you know, gave up the company car. So I was like taking the bus everywhere. And but I was really, really passionate that we could do things better. We could do things better for younger leaders and we could do things just to to make strategy, diversity, everything better. And so I ended up starting this practice, which grew. Mm -hmm. And we consulted back to big pharma, to oil and gas, to consulting, to crown corporations. I did a lot of work, particularly in pharma, was consulting back more strategy-wise, having mm -hmm. had that experience. And then more broadly, we did a lot of leadership work, work on the advancement of women, and work on the advancement of diversity. And I wrote a paper with Reva Seth, who had written a, uh, an award-winning book, at the time about how corporations can better incorporate moms into the workplace mm -hmm. and how we could accelerate the 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 work of mothers in the workplace. And this was around what time? Like how this many years around, ago was this? This would have been so I, so Sahajan launched uh, late 2015. Oh. Uh, although when I did launch it I was still consulting. Okay. Um, but so it would have been, you know, the seven years prior that we that I really grew the practice. It was amazing. It, you know, we did amazing things. I was traveling all over the place. You know, we were talking about your travels before mm -hmm. this. It took me to Bahrain and it, you know, a, a lot through the U.S. mostly, and uh, some through Europe. But it was a really, really great opportunity. And and I think the amazing thing about that transition, because I was going from a very corporate environment, I was still consulting back to corporate. You know, I was giving some of my time to not for profit, and I was doing some pro bono work, but it was a format that I understood, but I could really wet my feet into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. in that way. And at the, again, at the time I would have thought this is, this is exactly where I'm meant to be and where I'm meant to go. And, and then, you know, life happens and you see opportunities mm -hmm. and you get excited and you get passionate and life really took me in a really interesting direction. I was pregnant at the time. I had already had one child okay. and I came home. I remember it was like, I think I was traveling and I came home and my daughter had gotten into my skincare. When How old I was, was she home. at the time? She was almost three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she had gotten into my skincare. She was, she had it all over her face, her arms, like everywhere, super thick. Like, you know, the way that kids play with like, things. Like, mommy, I'm putting on makeup. I know. It's exactly what it was. And she was like, look at me. And I remember looking up to her and thinking like, oh my gosh, so cute. And oh my gosh, probably like a million dollars on your face. Um, and then thinking, oh my gosh, you have to take that off your skin. This is going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea this what's in it. This is toxic. This is toxic, right? Everything that I buy says like anti-fatigue, anti-wrinkle, like turn back the hands of time. That was my, you know, that was my primary reason for buying skincare. And so right. I remember going up the stairs and saying like, no, if you want to play with things, this is not good for you. So if you want to play with things, these are the things you should play with. And my parents had come back on a recent trip from India. Mm. And so they had these bottles, you know, of oils and different sort of uh, ingredients from India. And I said, this is what you play with. And I remember standing there thinking, gosh, if my skincare isn't good enough for her, it probably isn't good enough for, for me. You, yeah. And if this is what I really believe in. Like if this is when, you know, when your gut check or your intuition or whatever it is, like floats right. in there. It's like in that moment, this is very important to me. And yeah. this is something that is easy for me to affect change with. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, yeah. I need to spend some time here. 
And so it took me on a personal journey to what I perceive to be family tradition to mm -hmm. really be steeped in this science that's Ayurveda, which is the ancient science, you know, sort of wellness science of India. Mm -hmm. And my parents being from the south of India, this is more than you ever want to know, but you know, no. when the British... Give it all to us. Okay, Tell good. us everything. <laughs> when the Go British back. came to India, they wanted to extinguish Ayurveda. And so what ended up happening was Ayurveda went on underground and moved to the south. And so now if you want to go on an Ayurvedic retreat, you want to go for an Ayurvedic whatever, you mm -hmm. end up where my parents are from. And so... Where are they from? Kerala. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful place from Beautiful. what I gather. I haven't, you, you haven't, know, gone. No, because oh, I keep... It's, so it's one incredible. of those things. For so many years, I kept saying... It's its own place. It is. I'm not going to add it to another India trip where I'm in like Bombay for meetings and I'll mm -hmm. just boot down to Kerala. Mm -hmm. uh, I always said, okay, I need two, three, four weeks to be down there and mm -hmm. soak it up and explore. It's an incredible place. It's incredibly lush. Um, my parents both grew up in farming families, so they could, you know, pick ingredients from the garden from whatever they wanted, you know, almost plantations of source mm -hmm. of sorts. So. You know, I perceive that when my parents put turmeric on a pimple or they oiled my hair, that was more tradition based. Yeah, you're like, this is just something they do. Oh, this is just crazy something that, you know what I mean? It's exactly. It's like, you so know, did you, like, and you grew up in Canada. I grew up in Canada, born in Canada, born in Canada. Okay, so okay. I was like, you know, I get it. You know, I've watched my big fat Greek wedding, like turmeric is to Indians, you know, what Windex is to the Greeks. Like that's kind of what I had limited it to. And then I started to really open my eyes to this incredible science. Right. And then having grown up in science myself, I thought, why did it take me so long to get here? Because for the most part, I try and live a life of wellness. I was an early person to yoga. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I grew up in a family where my dad really believed in a lot of the spiritual and physical benefits of like a whole life. Like we had to chant when we were young. Mm -hmm. Like when I broke up with my first boyfriend, it's like write a letter and set it on fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. At the time I was like, could you just be normal? But <laughs> Yeah. And then you realize this is a lesson in catharsis and it's exactly. healing and and everything. everything. Oh my God, he taught me how to deal with everything. And so and I realized it's because when I buy skincare, I buy it for results. I buy it because I don't want to look old or tired or whatever my issue of yeah, the Yeah, or day you is. buy it because it's marketed to you it's marketed to solve some problem that you think you suddenly I have. I have, yes. And so, but I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I know that these old world, ancient, but time-tested, high-performing mm -hmm. ingredients can work. I know it intuitively. I know it in my heart. I know it in my gut. And so why don't I take this? And use the scientific rigor in which I was, you know, took my career yeah. and blend the two together. So there was born Sahajan. So actually what's funny is, is I had a baby two weeks later mm -hmm. and I can remember like four, six weeks into his life going to meetings. Uh, we hired a uh, chemist from Glaxo, a former GlaxoSmithKline chemist to come in and build the first formulations. We worked with two Ayurvedic doctors in India on the formulas because they wanted it to be true to the essence of Ayurveda, but really deliver in a high performing way and also in a modern way. Because if you're in, I don't yeah, know if you've been to be India. Some little pot of something that you put in the fridge. Fridge, exactly. <laughs> and then you can also spread it on your toes. <laughs> and you put it on your face and yeah. it's red, but you don't really care because everybody else, or it smells like you put your face into the garden. Yeah. So, you know, we had to, we had to modernize, but prove it. And so... And that, what was that first product? Like, was it one product that you set about developing or? So we set about, it was a collection. And actually, if you look at our iteration as a, as a brand, you can see that I didn't come from uh, skincare or beauty mm -hmm. because I came from the perspective that 
Ayurveda is all about nourishing yourself from head to toe. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have a hair oil, a body oil, and then face. And I remember bringing on an advisor a couple months before we launched, and he was from YSL, and he was like, where's your cleanser? And I was like, oh, no, I'll get there. And he's like, who launches a brand without a cleanser? Like, And I said, no, I'm launching an Ayurvedic brand. Like, that is that is ultimately the focus. And so we started with this five-piece collection. Mm -hmm. It was really about nourishment, bringing you back to your healthiest center, but addressing skin needs. So like our Nourish Creme Riche, which we have clinicals on, which is typical of like very conventional beauty. Okay. That, you know, you see you walk into a department store and you see like 100% of people experience this. We, we, we ran those clinicals against those products mm. and they stood up. Against those, I remember getting the call from a lab in New Jersey saying we've never had a natural or clean product deliver these results. So I was like, perfect. That's exactly what I needed it to do. But using these, again, these ingredients from Ayurveda, which have proven themselves, but now we need to show the science behind them. So that's really how we got started. Um, and this set of five uh, products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the classic like Christmas box set. Then you you walk into like any kind of cosmetic place for a gift, and and there's it, the set. Well, what's is funny there... is actually it wasn't the set. That was I think the point of the advisor was like this doesn't make the set. Yeah. Because nobody cares at the time. They were like people don't care enough about their hair, and I was like in Ayurveda, like we mm. are, we're obsessed with our hair. Okay. We're obsessed. We think that the hair is a uh, reflection of your health. Right. And we like a lot of hair and big hair. And it's a partially cultural, partially religious mm -hmm. or not religious or in the science. And so so it wasn't your classic box set, um, but it was really. What are the expectations, though, of that box set? You know, mm -hmm. like, it, uh, did you have to when you looked at the industry, the kind of like, mm -hmm. are we talking cosmetics? Would you I say? Would say beauty industry? Sure. Beauty industry. When you started looking at kind of like the competitive landscape or what people are expecting when they mm -hmm. walk into the shop, um, what are the core products that people in the kind of like, let's call it Western traditions are expecting to purchase? Mm -hmm. So it's changed over the last number of years because the way that we consume media has mm. made us look differently at beauty. So in the past, you would have needed a brand to launch with a collection so that you could get your routine, you could get your cleanser and your toner and your serum and your cream. But what's interesting about what's happened in the last is one, beauty brands can have these like hero standout right. products where it's like, I, I'm willing to try other things, but I, you know, this is my serum or this is my sunscreen or whatever. Okay. But also the evolution of social media has allowed some brands to grow off of a product, you know, something that's just wildly innovative. Mm -hmm. And so I think the way consumers are making choices is continuing to evolve and at such a rapid rate because of social media. So expectations of what a product can offer them changes. Mm -hmm. The relationship between products that are of different brands changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the personalization, I think the, taking ownership of personalizing your array of solutions Absolutely. to beauty and longevity it's or exactly. whatever is, right, is it becoming a subjective journey. It really is. And I think, you know, I think the one of the biggest takeaways for me, which I didn't expect or understand when I went into this, mm -hmm. is how much the authenticity and the founder and the founder's relationship with the brand that all of that, I mean, it was so inherent to me and I was so passionate about that. But now as you're seeing brands evolve and you're seeing, you know, celebrities launch their own brands and, and different things that are happening is people are saying, no, like we want to, we want, we want people who've grown up with this tradition or we want somebody who's solved their own problems and we want to learn from them. They really want 
authenticity, transparency. That's the word, capital A, right? Mm -hmm. It's definitely the thing that we keep hearing in the last few years. It's something that even my brand, you know, stands for, Mm -hmm. um, is really kind of like relating the truth in why you're in market for something, Mm -hmm. you know? And I like this, the product market fit question. It shouldn't necessarily be a marketing problem that creates the product, but, you know, perhaps a personal need to solve something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes sense that people connect with it. And it makes sense that like our, you know, the accessibility that social media affords people, um, you know, to be sustainable as a brand, you need to keep telling a story or be true to a story. Mm-hmm. Um, what a wonderful beginning to the journey because this has now been how many years it's Hajan's been your third baby. This in my this is it's hard to believe and I when I say this I can't imagine but it's been seven years. Wow, seven years, seven years. It's incredible. Are there um, so paint the picture of that journey? I know it's a it's a loaded question because mm-hmm. seven years is a long time. Mm-hmm. But if there was a beginning, middle, and end, let's keep it simple that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning stage where you're doing your product testing, your product evolution. Mm-hmm. What were your expectations of how you would get it to market, where you could sell it, how you would communicate um, the availability of the products that you were developing? Oh, such a good, good question. So the beginning, I think at the end of the day, I'm a there's a pragmatism about me. And I have I think having come from pharma, you know, I had to make sure that we had checked off things. So like the regulatory piece and the making sure that it worked. And I gave it to 25 people first before we launched and we went into full tech transfer into a lab and all of that stuff to make sure that everything was was done right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I didn't see happening in, in Canada, so we launched, I remember sitting with my advisor and saying, should we launch in Canada or the US? And him saying, what does that mean? And I said, I don't know. Like I just sometimes wonder, like I said, these are things that I think about at night. And it was interesting because when we launched, so late 2015, we did a lot. So we did two things that I thought were, that for me were important at the time. We did a gifting, we did the gifting lounge at TIFF because mm-hmm. one, it was such, it was such an awesome experience, but I wanted to, because I could see that the indie, indie beauty community was starting to really come together, both in Canada and the US. Yep. But you could also see that there was this part of the indie beauty community that was like, I make soaps in my home and I'm, you know, I have sometimes like, like Etsy crafty, Etsy crafty yeah. which are all awesome things. But I wanted to assert that this is a brand that I saw on the global stage. Right. And so we're going to, I'm going to assert this from the beginning. And then the other cool thing that came out of doing this gifting lounge was celebrities are often very early to trends. Mm. And so they were the first ones, you know, as people were coming through, I remember talking to Brie Larson and she was like, Kerala, Ayurveda, like I lived in Kerala for this many weeks. And I, um, you know, and here's this Oscar winning actress saying to me like, Oh, I've been to an Ayurvedic center and this is what I've done. And I was like, hold up. What like, and this is, so, so we did this and so it really validated. And just for our audience, the international audience especially. So mm-hmm. TIFF being TIFF the being Toronto. the Toronto International Film Festival. I think, don't hold me to this, but I think the second largest film festival in the world. Yeah. Am I right about that? Well, yeah. Second to it's, Cannes, am I right? Well, I would say in terms of market importance, it's second or third. It's part of the, the core circuit, right? Mm-hmm. So depending on the nature of your film, what you want as a filmmaker in terms of the outputs for distribution or sales or exhibition contracts, you know, you go to different festivals and shop for different awards kind mm-hmm. of thing, but it's mm-hmm. definitely in the top five in the world mm-hmm. uh, in terms of importance to filmmakers. Mm-hmm. 
And it's the number one festival in the world for audience feedback. So filmmakers love bringing things to TIFF because our audiences um, apparently are very representative of a global audience mm. in one place. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so filmmakers have told me for many years that that's what they love about this festival. Mm -hmm. In the early days, it was also the culture of the festival, the fact that it was all over town and everything. <laughs> then when it became, you know, at the light box, it mm -hmm. was uh, a little bit more productized, a little bit more kind of like had a sheen to it. Mm -hmm. um, but the city, people love when it comes alive because of the audience mm -hmm. during the festival. So, mm -hmm. And then the gifting center or gifting, what what is this? Gifting so, lounge. So, yeah, so you've probably seen like maybe in a magazine or on a show, like, what did these celebrities get in their Oscar gift bag or what did they get in their... So it, for the Toronto International Film Festival, there was there's a gifting lounge. And so it's, it's essentially ah. the celebrities come through. They have an opportunity to experience different brands. Sorrel was the key sponsor of the one that I was involved with. So and the so festival gifts things. And it's also that kind of like, yeah, okay, so I see. I see. It's like it's the uh, reception... Um, registration maybe private registration kind of vibe for people that yes. are like showing films or participating in participating in panels films, and stuff primarily yeah. actors that are coming through um and it's an opportunity for them to often interact with brands that you know in our world you know canadian brands mm -hmm. um for them to get to try you know for brands themselves mm -hmm. like i remember talking to the person from sorrel she gifted every celebrity uh, a pair of boots that they I love would pick. It. That's is, so Canada. And they're the best. So I love those Canada. boots. <laughs> the best. But then all of a sudden, you know, you are in a magazine and you see some celebrities skiing and they're wearing the Sorel boots, right? right? right. So as a brand, the opportunity is to make great connection mm -hmm. and to inspire and to get, you know, activity and, and interaction around your brand. And then for the actors, it's a chance for them to really immerse themselves in some of the up-and-coming brands particularly for TIFF within Canada. So that was something it's that we... a great introduction oh, for your brand. It was fantastic. And it really, I think for me, set the stage and set us apart. And it allowed me because we had gifts of the product, like Tom Hardy putting the hair oil on his beard. And we had some really interesting people come through. And so it also allowed me when I needed to, when I wanted to take to retail or I wanted to do all these things to say, one, look who's interacted with the brand, but it kind of, again, asserts that this is where I see the brand. This is what I'm willing to invest against the right. brand. So we did that. And then we did like a proper press event two weeks later. But it was an interesting thing when I look back because it was, you know, magazines, fashion magazine, Toronto-based beauty magazines, influencers who at that time weren't didn't play the role that they did now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things have changed a lot since Things then. have changed so much. And I remember two things. One, I remember nobody knew, like very few people knew the word Ayurveda. They actually asked me to spell it. I remember wow. saying This is like, within a decade. This is, you're yeah. talking like when Facebook was coming out, 2008, exactly. right? 2008, yeah, yeah. Nine, yeah like, so this was 2015. So like Facebook is oh, out. Okay, so. Instagram is just starting to be cool. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I remember, oh, you should sign up for Instagram and get an Instagram account. And... And so people didn't know about Ayurveda. I was trying to make the strong connection to meditation and yoga because Ayurveda and yoga were sister practices and yoga was hot. And um, I remember that. And I remember a beauty editor saying to me, well, where are you sold? Mm. And I said, online. And she was like, well, that's not anything. Go get a retailer. Like that's a backup plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said, go get no a No one sells anything on e-commerce. This exactly. was like the pre-Shopify revolution. It's exactly. It was when Shopify existed, but you know, there wasn't, it wasn't what it is now. And right. so when I think about the beginning, 
I characterize those first couple of years as, as planting seeds, as really having joined the industry in a time when it was changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to be involved in the first accelerator with Sephora. Oh, wow. And so at the time they wanted to, it was partially they recognized at the time that, you know, my numbers might be off now, but let's say 98% of their clientele is women. I think it was something like 85 or 88% of, of the brands that they carried were run by men. Mm-hmm. So there was a huge disconnect. And the question that they were trying to answer was like, why weren't women founded businesses getting to these stages? Right. And so they identified very early stage businesses that they believed in five, seven, 10 years could redefine the future of beauty. Wow. So my cohort was mostly people who had launched within six months. And this is all Toronto based or global? No, this is all actually all in the US. Amazing. And so I was the only Canadian in the program. And at the time, it, now that I could, now that I know them, it, yeah. we laugh about it because I had read the press release. A friend sent it to me. I sent them a note saying, can I apply? They wrote back and said, it's by invitation only. Thanks. You know, thanks, but no thanks. Oh no. And then two hours later, I get an email that says, okay, you can apply, but your application is due tomorrow. And so I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, let's fill out that form. <laughs> yeah, and you had to take a video, uh, like, and, I like and talk about why, great. you know, why them and why you. And I remember finishing my application at midnight, and my husband saying, like, I don't think you should take the video right now. Like, maybe go to sleep, and then take the video part. But it, the the Sephora accelerator was such an incredible opportunity. Again, incredible validation for the brand, for the positioning, the you know, the clean portion. But I also remember they had someone who was in in innovation saying to me, just so you know, like mm. when we look at trends, clean is a few years from now. So now if you go to Sephora, there's a clean at Sephora. There's Ulta if you're in the US. There's, you know, that sort of revolution around clean is coming, mm-hmm. but it's not yet mainstream. And so she, she said to me, Ayurveda is probably a few years after that, but you know, you've got something. You've you're, just got you're ahead of the curve if yeah, you stick with it. Just exactly what she said. Mm-hmm. So she said, go, you know, there's some beautiful retailers uh, in the US that are sort of the OG clean beauty. So she said, go launch there, go build a community, go build a reputation mm. and really dig deep and I think what you'll find is one there'll be new entrants and so you won't feel like you're standing on your own in this in this world and you need competitors to create a category right right and that's an interesting bit of advice yeah and she said and and just you know almost like build 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 and then and then watch and see how it unfolds and she was right so how did it unfold Mm -hmm. so I'd like to think we're in middle okay yeah um how did it unfold you know, it was, so we are in those retailers where Credo Beauty in the U.S. And the, how, what was that journey like? Did, were you literally going door to door to talk to retailers? Oh, it was like, it's a real... It's so a grind, right? It's a grind. I remember reaching out and them saying, no, we don't need you. And then me reaching it again. And then, you know, and then just you're, you're you know, I'm sending press and I'm saying, look, you know, our cleanser won this or our cream did this. And, and so it's it's a grind. It's... Knowing the right levers to push, it's you know, access is a huge thing. So mm-hmm. I was constantly, if I was trying to connect with someone, did I know someone who could help me advocate for me, um, help make these things true? As I mentioned, like things like having photos from this TIFF gifting lounge, telling people that I was in the Sephora accelerator, really I think also gave a nod to Social the future proof. of the brand. It's mm-hmm. interesting because like I could see that also. There's probably a discrepancy between stockists that buy do they buy product on consignment or everyone buys and then that's it like they'll place an order if they're ready to carry your product or will they carry you on consignment so 
Mostly they place an order. Okay. Depending on the size of the retailer, there may be some nuance in the contract that says if it doesn't sell. You're, you got to take it You got to take it back. That's like the Walmarts. Yes. It's exactly you know? like the <laughs> Walmarts is like, yeah, we're essentially just issuing you. Mm-hmm. The purchase order is like a, it's, it's basically a loan. <laughs> it's exactly. It's like, like, here's 90 days to get your product together. Mm-hmm. And it's going to short term finance you to try and sell this to someone else when we give it back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It is. It's, retail is a is a tough grind. Really important because that's how people discover and being clean. Like the again, early adopters to clean beauty. Mm-hmm. That's where they were going. But it was it was so yeah. It was a grind. It was it was doing all those things and planting seeds and finding the right partners. Mm-hmm. Um, in Canada, it was Well.ca was one oh, of, nice. was our very very first partner, and I remember her looking at the products and going like, oh, I didn't know she didn't know what Ayurveda was, and she said, I'll take a chance on you. You seem really nice, but the opening order was two hundred dollars. Oh wow! And so I was like, okay, great. This this I <laughs> barely pays for all my TTC yeah. trips this week. That's not much money. It's not, and uh, and so we had to grow, and then it became the shopping channel in Canada. Okay, that's interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow, who would have ever thought that you know that you'd sell stuff on the shopping channel? Is the shopping channel still on television? Oh, a hundred percent. People buy stuff on the shopping channel. People- so how does that work? Is it like? I feel like this is now a bad anecdote. I don't know if I should go there. No, this do is it. like yeah, there was some horrible comedy show that was on like Apple TV recently. But is it that kind of you know mm-hmm. made fun of this whole shopping channel thing? But am I right in like you get a spot on the shopping channel to mm-hmm. take your product to live to air, mm-hmm. and you got to flog it? Yes, you have to sell it to the audience yes. live yes, and they're watching the data yes, and if the data doesn't come back good because you're not essentially, you know, selling it well enough, that's called selling that. it. Your, your soapbox pitch is not good enough mm-hmm. and you're not really like, you know, an actor mm-hmm. or otherwise super authentic, uh, whatever it is, you've got your shot. And if you, if you blow it, you're done. hundred percent. Like that. But if you don't basically. blow it, you got to keep going back and you work at like 4 a.m. Yes. Until you sell enough that they give you the the prime you know, prime time slot, yeah. is that the, how it works? Basically, I mean, in Canada, it's a little different because we're a smaller market, but essentially, that is how it works. It's you go the. I'll be honest, and and they're a great partner. When someone had said to me, "You should go on the shopping channel," I was like, "What? Like, isn't that the place where you buy like I don't know fake massagers jewelry. and fake jewelry and like spider monkey mas- head massagers?" Like, I hadn't. I think I knew it more from Bridget Jones' diary than I did from watching it. And and I remember it was actually someone from a really big beauty brand saying, no, 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 that's where people discover. Wow. And because what you don't realize, she said to me, was like, there are people who keep the shopping channel on in the background while they're cooking, while they're cleaning, while they're doing things. There are people who act, who sit down and watch it. And you not might not be that person right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you may be in the future, but there there is a very important demographic and they they go to the shopping channel for value, they go to the shopping channel for discovery, they go to shop, the shopping channel because it's um an easy way to sometimes access really cool things because in preparation for my first shopping channel episode, I watched the shopping channel like it was going at a yeah, style. Yeah, you have to study it. And I actually had to put the phone away because I was like, I'm going to buy everything. It like, hooked you, huh? It hooked me. I was like, yeah, that's me. Every time, you know, because there's a really, because because to your point, you have to flog it. So you can't light sell something. You can't be yeah. like, oh, this makes me feel good. You have to be like, 
if you're tired and you have kids and you stay up all night and you wake up in the morning and your eyes look tired, like this is for you. Right. So this it, slap chop will change your life and exactly. give you back time. And isn't time the most precious resource in the world? Why chop a tomato? <laughs> or whatever, whatever something exactly. that you don't even chop. You know, it's yeah, like, it's exactly. It's like, why make soup when it, you can, yeah. And, but we, you don't, what, what was amazing to me is like, so in Canada, like Dyson's on the shopping channel. See, um, that's interesting. Cause that's like, you know, a luxury brand. One a would luxury brand, say. right? Um, uh, uh, Vitamix, like actually it's where I bought my Vitamix blender at the time. Uh. It was, they have these really beautiful brands that also who are, you know, maybe again, won't want to have a greater place for discovery. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's an incredible customer because they love the shopping channel. They're very loyal to it. They love that. It's it's an incredible return policy, like kind of like Costco. And so you can order it. If you don't like it, you send it back, but they're, they're very engaged customer. So how, how is that? Run me through that first kind of jumping in front of the camera moment. Oh my God. I still remember it because the guys behind the camera were telling me to calm down. Um, but it was it, exciting. It was, I was nervous. Is there a live audience as well? No live audience. Okay. So imagine in some ways you and I are talking right now, but mm -hmm. at least we can look at each other and we pull off of everybody's cues. Mm -hmm. Like imagine if you and I are talking, but we're both staring this way. Oh, like direct to camera is tough and it's tough to keep the energy up after a minute. You're it's like, I just said everything I need to say about this product. It's amazing. It's amazing. And anyway, yeah, that's exactly. What imagine like. you're going skiing. You know, you and have to you're create like, these and like you're just stories. creating yeah. these stories, and you're so and wow. you and you're riffing off the host who you've maybe met for five minutes, and they're experts. Like they are experts. They study the products. Like they know the general things that they want to hit. Mm -hmm. They know what your point of differentiation is. But for me, you know, the again, the one un uniqueness is most of them couldn't say Ayurveda. Most of them didn't know what Ayurveda was. So it was big introduction so you know it was it it really speaks to the journey like because mm -hmm. now i go i was there last month and and now we don't go as often i go like maybe once a quarter for 10 minutes but because it's local it's awesome yeah and um but it was it, but it's the weirdest thing because you're sitting there and it's live nobody's there the team has done this so many times so the camera guys are are, are like yeah you know, right. Like, yeah. It's this. this they're not like, in the moment with they're you. They're not in the no moment. No one's in the moment. Nobody's with in you. the moment. I'm like deep breath, like, oh my God. And then, um, and pre pandemic, they did your makeup for you. So you've like got enough makeup on that. Like, it looks like you're in the witness protection program. Like you, <laughs> you cannot, like I, you have to chisel it off when if you If it goes home. south, your family won't even recognize you it's anyway. Exactly, no one's watching. It's, and they have all these things like at the shopping channel, like you have to have your nails done. You have to have this, you have, which like. It's just, which is fine. And sure. it makes sense because it's like everything has, you have 10 minutes. Yeah. And the people that are watching it all the time, I guess the point is draw their attention to the product and it, everything else should be a flavor of each other. Right? Yes. And everything should be consistent. So you've got this beautiful brand. Yeah. And at some point the cameraman's going to, you know, get a close up of you holding it. If your hands look a disaster, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who wants to buy that product? Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, if your hands are a disaster, that's what they're going to be staring at. No, if it was me. I don't know. My hands would be sweating. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm gonna drop this product, man. Don't don't do the close up. I remember. No, I'd probably be okay. Meeting the president of the shopping channel and him saying to me, like, you've got to look like you love the product. And I was like, no, I love the product. No, he's like, you've got to look like you're gonna caress the product. Yeah. Like you have to. You look. are in love with yeah, the product. You are in love, not like it's just your mission and your vision and your baby. Like you are in love with this thing. It's your you snuggie. It's exactly. So it's um. It was an incredible experience for somebody who's never done it. Yeah. It is it is live. So when you're watching it, it is live. It is exactly how it's going. 
you know, if you have this expert with you, which is great, which is the host, so they can guide you. And if they feel like you're going crazy, they just cut you off. And you just, <laughs> There's like, you just sort of roll with it. And you're like, uh, oh, okay, they just cut me off. But I remember like a few years in being on air and the host had like a coughing spasm, which happens. And so she walked off air and I was like, I'm by myself. You got to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I've got to lead this for the next few minutes. Awesome. But they're so like, even the management team, like they're so used to this kind of nuance that they're like, oh, you were by yourself for a couple minutes, whatever. Whereas for you, you're like, Oh my gosh. And I, I wish I knew the number now, but I forget how many X million people are watching at any time. Mm. So it's huge. It's huge. And so the first order from well.ca being $200, mm-hmm. what did you, if you remember the numbers, like what did, what came in in terms of orders on the shopping channel when you were mm-hmm. up there the first time? So the first time was different than any time because, and I'll, and I can be perfectly candid with this is that, so the shopping channel customer and our customer have an overlap, but it's not a direct, not sure. not our direct customer. It seems like something new probably for a lot of people watching. It seems like something new. Clean again was really early. So mm-hmm. the value around clean wasn't the same way. I remember we launched in January. And so we tried to do this like new year, new you. If you're detoxing, low toxing, you know, you need to do this with your beauty. Um, it is a ten- more tenured customer. And so our, our, customer skews a little bit younger than theirs um and and their customers incredibly value-based which is why it's amazing like i'll tell you this honestly like it's amazing to shop shopping channel because if you get them on the day dyson's on like you're they're they're getting deals they're like yeah yeah. it's all deals this is all special right now i gotta buy everything yeah yeah and it's and people and so it's so our first day we did these half hour segments through Mm. the day um, so it was probably like a hundred thousand dollar day, which is amazing. That's phenomenal. You must have been over the moon. I was flipping out. I was also having like, because you would go off and then they would say like, oh, you could go shopping if you want. Cause you have a two hour break. And I was like, I'm not leaving <laughs> here. Like, no, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's exactly. That's the only place I'm going. It's exact. Cause I was like, what happens if I leave to get a Starbucks coffee and I get a flat tire and I've ruined this whole day. Yeah. Um, but what we started to realize as I came back was that. You know, there was there was a customer for us, but it was meant to be displayed in a different way. So now what I do is I go back. They have one show on a Friday night that's like a mixed beauty segment. Mm, And it's all new, cool beauty, things that you'd find maybe at Sephora and a little bit more higher price point. So prestige price point, um, interesting discovery, more clean beauty. Mm -hmm. And so that ended up being the place that we net. So for 10 minutes still, like I I went a couple weeks ago and it's not 10 minutes for me. It's like starts at, you know, hours before and, um, but for that 10 minutes, it's... it's you mean in terms of your prep and everything? In terms of yeah. prep, and you're yeah. there a few hours before. you're on air sure. for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Right. And it's like so... It's so... It's such a... Biz- I, I brought someone with me this time for the first time, and I said, like, one, don't be surprised at how it looks. Yeah. And also don't be surprised at how it ends. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I said, like, as soon as your 10 minutes is over... It's done. Next And they set. literally, like... Um, and when if you ever watch, I can you can see the transition now. Like, they move to you know, a little, but still shopping channel, like commercial or they'll, they'll show you the pricing. And so you don't see the person and what the host is doing is walking to the next table. Right. And then you, they don't even wave goodbye. Like everybody just moves on yep. and you're standing there like, okay. <laughs> the lights are dimming. And you just grab your box and you start filling it. And then you at home at home and no, and like you've given your amazing key card and you go. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to hear, though, that that was not only a kind of a success, but seems to have given you tons of insight as well into not just salesmanship for your product, Mm -hmm. 
right? Because mm-hmm. that's like a pitch accelerator. Oh yeah. Um, to then also this like D to C mm-hmm. play because you know you can be ecom, but even if you're D to C ecom, it's tough to kind of like question the interface with the client mm-hmm. and like what the real messaging should be. Yes. To sell in the moment they're ready to buy on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Uh, I guess how how did that experience inform the next steps that you took with uh, with positioning the company? Great question. So, what it told me a lot is about who who the customer was, what they valued, what mattered. Our clinical story was really relevant mm-hmm. because ultimately, uh, people want things, especially when it comes to skincare and beauty. They want it to work first. I know we, you could say that you could look at it from a one perspective and say that we're all a little bit. Um, Vain. Vain. You know, I remember meeting with someone who came from the beauty industry and I was talking about clean and how amazing it was. And he said to me, let me be clear, like women would put ground up children on their face if it made them look younger. And I, (laughs) while I found that so awful. Horrible. You just need to go to the south of France to see it in up close and personal. Yeah. Yeah. But there was an element of it that was true, which was that we, you can't, you, people don't buy skin. They need value. We Mm -hmm. need value. That's what we're investing in. It has to work. It has to work. And, and so it helped me again, cement that it has to work. It helped me cement the messaging around us being clean and clinical, but it also helped me understand, you know, where we fit in terms of our messaging. And Truthfully, what really accelerated our growth was, so we are a digital first business. Mm-hmm. We do have retail partners. Was one, again, meeting the customer where we there, they are. So really understanding um, who are, you know, what our customer valued, the ingredients that they were familiar with. Um, and then the pandemic, while awful in so many ways, mm-hmm. was a really good t- a really good time for our business. Once, like the first couple of months, I was hiding under my table because we were a retail first business at the time. Right. Okay. Interesting. And I was like, how is this going to, what is, what is going to be the fallout of this? So all those sales channels dried up for you. All those shows. I remember we were supposed to be on the shopping channel and it moved from like, yes, you can come in. No, you can't come in. We're going to do it in five minutes. We're going to do it from Skype. Oh, wow. And nobody had ever done this before. And I'm at my kitchen table. I haven't even thought of this. Yeah. Yeah, The shopping channel goes virtual. The shopping channel goes virtual. Our retailer doors closed. We've launched at Hudson's Bay. They're not open anymore. Crickets. Crickets. Retailers aren't able to pay their bills. I'm still sustaining mine. Like it was, it was an incredibly difficult time. And then one, quite candidly, one, everybody's in ho- at home. They're engaging in their self-care because they're going through a really difficult time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got more, I, uh, you know, I'm not the best on social media, but I'm very authentic on it. So I, and I still strive to be that way. So, you know, there's some people who lead brands or influencers who are like, you know, very forward facing with the way that they are. Whereas I was like, this is a really hard time. I don't care if you buy skincare because it really didn't. Yeah. And that was your messaging was authentic again. Yeah. So I was just like, we're here to get through this together. And here's what Ayurveda can teach us about this, like in terms of like mindfulness and wellness and Mm -hmm. like, let's do some, let's, you know, let's engage in people who can do some meditations online if that helps and let's do all of these things. And so I was really concerned about community because I was talking to my retail partners who were so stressed. I was talking to, you know, people who we were all going through such hard times Mm -hmm. and then but people were also engaging into their health right and you know turmeric as an example was something that was already on the rise now everybody was like 
taking it as a pill, putting it on their face, you know, and and we had a couple months before the pandemic launched a turmeric mask, mm. which I was like, again, at the beginning of the pandemic, like, oh, this launch bombed. I have all this turmeric masks sitting in a suddenly, warehouse. And then suddenly Oprah's wellness editor okay. says that it's her favorite thing to do during the pandemic. Every oh, Sunday she masks with our mask. Amazing. Which was amazing. And she calls out that it's an Indo-Canadian brand. So she calls out that we're Canadian, yep. which I think as, as a Canadian, I do go out of my way to support other Canadian companies. Mm-hmm. And so I think when people saw that. And then she calls out the Indian heritage piece, which is incredible as well. Yeah. And then calls out that it's turmeric. And everyone's at this point is like, turmeric is everything i want to try this Mm -hmm. and so and so with a really strong marketing strategy we got that oprah out there and then the next four months just became about keeping things in stock and that was yeah and that was amazing so people were discovering your brand through that product Mm -hmm. but then also ordering other products from you or ordering other products from us they were starting to say oh wow like this is this clean i want to go clean i'm worried it was almost like there was this small snowball that was happening around clean and clean. And, and, you know, all if you read, you know, industry trends, it was like clean's the biggest, fastest growing segment in the market. But now people are at home and they're like, oh, I really need to rethink my life. Right. I really need to think about what I'm putting in my body, what I'm putting on my body. And Ayurveda historically has always said those things that the skin is the largest digestive organ that, you know, and one of the things that comforted me was Ayurveda actually says that taking care of your beauty isn't vain. Mm-hmm. It's taking care of the temple that houses the soul. Mm-hmm. And so when I started really, and I actually started working with an Ayurvedic practitioner personally wonderful at the beginning of the pandemic, which was helping me with my health and just a number of things, it even got me deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the authenticity that people came to. So we were, yes, we were doing skincare, but we were also mm-hmm. sharing recipes. We were, you know, and that's, that's it's ultimately. community developed. It's community. Yeah. That's so, an amazing thing. That's also mm-hmm. another um, thing that is resonating with a number of our um, guests on the show mm-hmm. is brands need to, you know, engage or go deeper mm-hmm. with their audience, especially because the audience doesn't want to just be a passive audience. They are like, this is part of my life, especially mm-hmm. with these products. This is part of my life. Mm-hmm. I want to share that with other people yeah, who and have I, similar values and are interested in how their lifestyle is something they can own. Mm-hmm. I did this thing, um, or I did this thing. I, in Right before the holidays, I contacted our 15 top customers to talk to them, to ask them questions, to ask them for advice, feedback, mm-hmm. you know, figure out how they found us, figure out what they liked, what they would love to see more of. And far and away, what I heard was some knew Ayurveda and wanted to go, wanted to incorporate it into their life. Most didn't, but were on this journey of wellness and mm-hmm. said, I love the product. Like ultimately they said, first and foremost, the product is amazing. It works like you could not talk about anything else and we would still buy it. Mm-hmm. But I know. I know. There you go. <laughs> I was like, there you yes. go. I know. I was like, I guess what I've been saying. Yeah. <laughs> but what they also said is like, we love when you do things that's bigger and broader. Than just the product. Than just the product. Position the product in. In the context of this science. Right. Position the product as a community. And what was interesting is I had two people who said to me, you know, you don't realize this. Because I'm not on social every day and all this stuff. But yeah, because you, you ain't 23. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it was like, we love seeing you. Yeah. And we love it. Like one person said, like you would post something. And I sometimes post things that I think other 
people would say it's probably not a good idea on social, but mm. like, I remember during the pandemic, I would have the kids in the background if I was doing stuff, Sure, you know, and they were like, we loved seeing that or like occasionally we, you know, I would post like a, you know, a morning shot where I'm making breakfast and answering emails at the same time. And they were like, we love that. And it sounds so basic. No, but it's funny because I think, especially I would, I would pitch this that, mm -hmm. Coming from the corporate background that you had career-wise, mm -hmm. there are cultural cues that become baked in your subconscious from mm -hmm. that experience where, you know, it's not quite like the collective first, but the corporation first and everyone kind of, you know, is, is towing the line as an employee mm -hmm. uh, and you are replaceable in that. The room for individuated identity and that to be expressive of a larger brand in corporate North America mm -hmm historically, of course, has not been something that's been celebrated. Mm -hmm. uh, from my own kind of playbook, I mean, that's something that I found when I was working for Big Blue. Mm -hmm. um, that in a way, uh, if someone that was on, a, especially a customer-facing function, sales, marketing, was um, personifying things a little too much, then there was a you know, mark on their back. And it's funny because I, personally, even with, with my business, with Startwell, I went through the same thing. I was very focused on Startwell itself, the name, um, and the other iconography around the brand, mm -hmm. carrying as much of the story of the brand as possible for a number of years. Mm -hmm. This podcast itself didn't find its way onto video format. You know, from we were broadcasting episodes or podcasting audio episodes from 2017, but it took until 2021 to go to video, mm -hmm. not because I didn't have the capacity, mm -hmm. um, but purely because I felt awkward around being the face of the brand. And then when I embraced it, because also the pandemic, and said, well, look, also marketing kind of broke a bit during the pandemic mm -hmm. for a lot of different segments. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a retail business that is experiential. Mm -hmm. And if people aren't walking in the doors to experience it, I can go to the ninth degree of producing media that can articulate the value of what we have on campus. Mm -hmm. And we did that with 360 walkthroughs, with videos, with photos, with all of this stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to humanize it, you know? And um, so, yeah, it was a weird moment when I realized, hey, you know what? I can create a video talking about this place and put it on the screens that face the street. And I did that and I kind of felt awkward because for the first few weeks of even having my face on a screen, I thought, oh no, everyone's looking at me, you know? And it was awkward. Um, but people kept congratulating me. Mm -hmm. I literally had friends and people in the neighborhood that know us and our business because they saw that and they've seen me on the street and they say, that's that guy's business. 100%. And people message me and say, I drove by the building mm -hmm. and I want to congratulate you. Mm -hmm. Taking it a step further, it kind of works. It works in so many ways. You know, it works in so many ways. You want your brand to be relatable and how mm -hmm. best to relate it than the, the people that are, you know, really pushing the, the company. Because that's another thing, coming back to this entrepreneurial question and, and being an entrepreneur and, and having a business, it's kind of a weird thing that we would tend to emulate some sort of massive multinational corporate playbook mm -hmm. um, just because that seems to be a subjective expectation for the growth, ultimate growth of your company, that you'll be the massive pharmaceutical company in 20 years. That might not be the intention of the brand, mm -hmm. but it's just baked in your brain. That it's like, oh, I got to act like everybody else to be relatable. 
when it's the opposite in a way, a lot of the time. It is. And I think to your point, I think one, you know, and I think corporate has changed a lot, but I think, you know, in my day, it was like, you could be yourself at work, but only so much. Right. Right. And even in the early days of the brand, I remember taking an important car with a call with a retailer and saying to my kids, because they happened to be in the call in the car when I saw the number come through, like nobody breathed, like <laughs> nobody speak, don't make a noise. If you want to sing, sing in your head. Like, and now the pandemic has allowed us to be like, yeah, I'm in the car with my kids. Yeah. Right. I'm doing this. I'm on the go. People understand now that you pick your kids up from school. People understand certain things. And I mean, it, it, it gave us permission to be more authentic. But I think to your point is, you know, I still sometimes feel awkward being the face because it's I feel sometimes it's easier for me to be behind the scenes. Right. And right. be thinking about the brand versus out there on the brand. But that's what people want to see. And mm -hmm. to your point, I laugh. Um, and I'm sure you've seen this ad when you've been on a plane it's like so safe and he's talking about oh that on air canada right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the I reason why about that i say that because i was just on a plane last week i saw it again. purpose capital purpose capital and i hadn't seen it in so long but it was really strange i was one day walking down the street and i saw him okay he's a real person eh? he's not minutes. just an actor no and for about five minutes i couldn't place where i knew him and right. i was like is that an old like, friend he's so familiar i was like is that an old friend was what i thought yeah and it's kind of to that same point. Like when you put yourself as the face of the brand, people right. feel very connected to it. Right. And, and then so, they vote for you and make you the president of the United States of America. Okay. That's a separate, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the, mm. the, the aesthetic, uh, value of a brand, you know, in personifying it is, mm. is so strengthened. Is it really is. And people see themselves and we're in an interesting time and in community where, you know, you and I, I remember when uh, this story may not resonate, but I remember when Duran Duran did a video in Sri Lanka and mm -hmm. showing it to my parents and saying, like, look, like as if I was one wanted them to like Duran Duran. And so I wanted them to be proud that Duran Duran was somehow amalgamating right. themselves into South Asian culture. But also knowing that that's the only way I could see that mm -hmm. as part of mass media. And now, you know, look at the summer. Like, did you ever think you would see a time where. Never have I ever Indian matchmaking. I think there was a wedding season or arranged marriage or whatever the movie was like all oh, were number one on Netflix. Like we're at a time where culturally people are seeing themselves. Yeah. We're at a time where. Um, and so in that sense, like we when I think of the brand, like people can embrace it in a way they may not have before if they identify it with it. But also that we're we're globalizing all of these things. We're globalizing the philosophies and the ingredients. And so, you know, people want to be engaged. And so I think that what behooves us as founders is saying, we're looking for community. We're looking for connectedness. We're looking to be seen. How do we, how do we connect with them? How mm -hmm. do we create, how do we bridge that gap? Because that's what people want. They don't want big blue or they don't want you know, and this is something we've heard consistently is like part of the reason I buy for you is because you're not a big beauty company right. and we want you to win, but also it loses authenticity once it gets that big. And so that's what they're looking for. And so sometimes as much as, as awkward as I feel, I think like this is if my whole goal is to be in service to this brand, this is how I have to do it. Yeah. And it's it, I'm sure it's incredibly fulfilling to be able to represent something that is yes of yourself but also shared with your customers mm -hmm. you know that's what's so amazing about a product like this that um is not just it has it has that context around it the context is part of your context the mm -hmm. context is also part of something that is accessible now through the product to other people 
and has a lineage. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, let's talk about these things that are on the yes. table, okay? So I'd like you to mm-hmm. show me what is here. I want to ask you also about aesthetics of the brand yes. as we look at you know the products that you brought in here. So I didn't bring them all. I just sort of yeah. quickly grabbed what I wanted to gift you. And then, yay, <laughs> yay. You. And then some other bottles for just because I think they're so lovely. Um, so here's what I'll tell you yeah. from at the at the front and center is we talked about how we put together a collection. Now we do have all those steps. So, you know, our deep user, our biggest fans can, and we've seen it. Like when I talked to our top 15 customers, my first question was, you know, my first five questions was what's your favorite product? And they'd mm. say like a cleansing oil. Mm, no, the toner, no, the serum, no, the they cream. They couldn't decide. They couldn't decide. It was, it That's was like, phenomenal. oh my God, it was like fuel to my heart. Like it was right. so, you know, it was, it was amazing. And so we do, we do grow based on the fact that we want people to be able to experience. And then what we do is we develop is we ask people, what do you want to see? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that you want to see? And that's what we'll develop. So what I, what I will show, I'm going to show you a couple things and these are actually yours. So it's okay that I'm opening your yeah, of course. The gifts for you. Of course. So this is our best, 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 best seller. Okay. And uh, hopefully it looks gorgeous when it comes out. Um, and this is our Nourish face cream. So you can see that right there. That, I want to eat that. Oh, it is. That looks so rich and delicious. It's so rich and delicious. It gets its color. So it's got like a mocha color, but it doesn't leave a color behind on the skin. Yeah. So it's almost like a car- not caramel. I don't know. Um, and Yeah, what it- absolutely. This is it's totally mocha caramel. This looks like a. Oh, it's like I could bathe in this. I know. And. The first thing you do. And mm. so the, the color comes from this ingredient called trifola. Okay. Trifola meaning three fruits in Sanskrit. Um, one of the fruits is amla. Trifula. Yeah. Trifula. And one of the fruits is amla, which is the Indian gooseberry, which you've probably maybe have experienced somewhere else. It is the most antioxidant rich fruit in the world. Mm. 20 times the amount of vitamin C is an orange. So really, really good for the skin. Like when people think vitamin C. Yeah. And then mm. what's amazing, I describe the skin. Like we had a we had a customer who called it the clean La Mer, if you know La Mer. But yeah, absolutely. It's it's to me, I see this as like renewing your skin back to its healthiest center. It's it's anti if you if aging is important, we've got clinicals against it on aging. So in six weeks, 100 percent of people had a, a minimization in their fine lines. But also 100% of people had a difference in their skin's hydration. Mm-hmm. Also, they 100% of people reporting that their skin is brighter. So it's like this overall, this is my ride or die. I okay. can't, like I once forgot this and I bought it from the city I was from. That's an amazing validator there. Yeah, so this is awesome. And that's something you apply morning, Morning evening. and night. Yep. If you're a real beauty junkie, we our serum is at, our serum and cream are our best sellers. So you okay. might apply this radiant serum first and then this after. Yeah. Um, but this is this is my I can't live without. I use it all year long. It's it is a richer cream, but it doesn't feel heavy on the skin. And it is to me emulates what the brand is, which is like Ayurveda me science. Lisa, can I just read out the uh, the inscription here, the letter from you in the product in mm-hmm, the box? Mm-hmm. So it says, "I'm committed to bringing you evidence-based skin and hair care products that balance healthy, mindful, sorry, healthy, mindful living mm-hmm. with the rich heritage of the Ayurvedic traditions in which I was raised." So see, that's what we're talking about. The personification of the mm-hmm. brand is is simply right there on the package. Someone mm-hmm. opens this up and, and has your name on it and a little message. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. And you know, it it is a beautiful package too. Like the branding is. We're talking. We mentioned luxury earlier, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it feels luxurious. I mean, part of it is the emboss. Yes. Of the brand. Yes. The um, 
Why did you go with copper? That's color. So we we I worked with a Toronto-based agency on the branding, mm-hmm. uh, an agency called Brio, down the street from here, um, and when we we I did everything with them. We did naming. We did the brand. We did the logo. We did all the branding, and so it was interesting in the evolution because Sahajan comes from the word Sahaja, which Sahaja means intuitive mm. uh, in Hindi, and so we took all the things that this brand meant to me, and then we had them translated to find the right name and the right place for it. And then, you know, we wanted to make sure that the brand, you could identify that it had South Asian roots. Mm -hmm. You could identify the nod to both South Asian heritage and Ayurveda, but that it felt very modern. Mm. So copper being something, actually copper as a metal in Ayurveda, it's used in this thing called a Kansa wand, which is different from a gua sha, if you know gua sha. Um, But it's like a wand that's often used in your skincare, but it helps with lymphatic drainage. And the belief in in Ayurveda is that copper is like soothing, it's antibacterial, Mm. it actually helps to balance pH. But copper has a very rich, vibrant heritage in Ayurveda. And then to your point, it aligns beautifully with this prestige feeling that... You know, it's funny that you you could tell that you've been involved in brand so many times because most <laughs> people don't pick up that it's been embossed. So it's definitely an expensive box. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, what I learned actually about beauty, and I'm so proud to say we're not like this, is a lot of brands spend more on their packaging than they do on the fill. Sure. Our fill far outweighs right. our cost. Right. Um, but we worked really hard to bring an elegance and a modernity to the packaging so that, again, if Ayurveda is not important to you, you know, for a light user who's just like, I really want a cream that works, mm-hmm. they're in. If you're a deep user and Ayurveda is important to you, it also resonates with you. And so that's that's what we were trying to accomplish with the brand, that it would, that it would, you know, if you used to be an Estee Lauder user, you could feel really confident about putting this on your counter because mm-hmm. aesthetic does matter. It does. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. I mean, like people... Yeah, people are all about aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Their bathrooms are beautiful mm-hmm. with the contents of their bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got so many things here. Yes. So you're looking at our sleep while bath soak. This was something that we created two years ago before holiday. Okay. Um, this was inspired because one, we heard from people they wanted to be able to gift more of the product. Mm-hmm. And secondly, is as this was in the pandemic that we launched this product, is that people were so deep into their self-care routines that the idea, one, of having something that they could use in a bath to calm, to ease off, to, to leave the day would be so important. And sleep is something, and you know, I continue to think about sleep, and I think we're actually going to do a community-based event about sleep. I love that. But is that sleep is something that eludes us. And we don't have great sleep routines. We don't have, even I, like I know what I should do and then I know what I do. And so. Airplane mode. Exactly. And so, you know, we worked with an Ayurvedic practitioner. She chose the ingredients. And so there's jasmine in it, which is such a great scent. But jasmine actually is a flower, only blooms at night. Mm. I don't know if you knew that. So it's called the queen of the night. And so it's believed in Ayurveda to, to renew, restore, but also to promote good sleep. Right. And so it's we're trying to, again, create that luxe experience, but also giving you something that's that is going to have meaningful benefit or and, that you can incorporate into your night routine. And of course, talking about science, I mean, there's magnesium in it. Right. Yes. So the, the idea is it's it's uh, it will calm the muscles mm-hmm. and relax you. 
And yeah. the idea, um, you know, again, I I'm, I nerd out on the on the also background research and like apparently I didn't know this that bathing actually comes from the from ancient India, um, because it was and that's the way you see people get in the Ganges and bathe. It's because bathing and cleansing as part of your ritual for letting go for. Um, renewal is so important. And what I've learned is that some, again, some of our skincare items are just freaking awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have red skin, we've got you. You know, you've got dry skin, we've got you. You've got acne, we've got you. But then some of it is just like, we want to be a partner in you living a life where you feel better. All in all, so how many products are in the in the so we've got twelve. We've okay. got twelve, and so I'm I'm meaningfully expanding. So some beauty brands will launch like three, four things a year. We don't do that. We do two at a max because I one our our creation time or our formulation time is long, and two I want to add on and again in meaningful ways that is not just about like we need a new sure. product. We need a new product. Yeah, it's, I've talked to fashion houses that have kind of escaped this like you know seasonal sales cycle mm -hmm. to drive their creativity mm -hmm. you know they've escaped that with the same logic it's like we're providing value to our customers yes and that value shouldn't be accepted only within a time frame mm -hmm. and at the same time it's not about getting as much money from the same customer it's mm -hmm. instead about providing them the value and giving them the choice of what they want to buy mm-hmm Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And so, you know, we continue to build in. We'll have two launches this year, which I'm excited about. Um, so stay tuned for more. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, all good things. And uh, and now that we're in this kind of post, maybe, hopefully, pandemic world, mm -hmm. uh, where e-com has a larger adoption than ever before, mm -hmm. um, is it still, and now uh, retail also has picked up a little bit. So mm -hmm. where are you seeing for 2023 mm -hmm. uh, the bulk of your customers? Mm -hmm. And also tell me a little bit about this kind of, you know, what's what's the global dispersion of that uh, customer base as well? Sure. So what I did see kind of in 2022 and we're seeing in 2023 is, yes, digital adoption is high. But now we're starting to see that people are coming back to retail. Mm -hmm. They're craving retail, actually. They're craving more experience. They want to get out. They want to discover new. So while we transition to a digital first business, and I, and I believe we'll stay that way, I see the mix mm -hmm. is a little bit different. Like in an ideal world, we might even be 50-50. Wow, that's great. Um, which is nice because, again, we need places of discovery. We need to meet the customer where they are. Um, we need for them to find us where it is that they want to find us. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we'll see with brands in general is this interesting interplay where maybe you found me at a retailer, but now you buy us online or you found us here, but then you happen to be shopping and you saw us again. And, right. and that's okay. And one reinforces the other. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's that's what I see coming. I think it's going to be, and and we're majority North America, okay. with a balance between Canada and the U.S. What I see is a few things. So one exciting news for us is that um, starting May, May June, mm -hmm. as the I think it'll be more June, um, at the Ritz, the JW Marriott, the W, the Saint Regis will be the in-room skincare partner here in Toronto or all over the world. What I know. That's huge, oh, Lisa. Congratulations. Thank it's you. so fantastic. It's so fantastic. And it's fantastic, obviously, for the brand. Right. And it's in room. So if you, I don't know, you, you've traveled a lot. So when I was in my early days of corporate, that's how I did discovery. I stayed at the Fairmont, and that's how I learned about the Labo. I right. stayed at the Four Seasons with work, and that's how I learned about L'Occitane. And so, again, 
discovery, finding our customer where they are, understanding who our customer is and where that they stay. And those are brands that are top tier brands that represent this best in class experience, especially talking about sleep around, Mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, your hotel stay is going to be really centered around or the comfort at it is around the evening time and the nighttime. Absolutely. Yes. So creating that for them. I think is incredible. And then it's interesting because I've only started to share this news and I was in New York last week and I shared it with a beauty editor who kind of, she got a little, like she kind of took a moment and she said, do you realize what this means? And I said, <laughs> like, you might pay your bills this month. <laughs> it's exactly. But actually what she said was, Ayurveda is now on the global stage. Right. Like in a very luxurious but mainstream way. Mm-hmm. And we've never seen that before. She said, you know, we're starting to see, because now there is, just as predicted, there's a category that's built out. There's been the entrance of new brands in the Ayurvedic space, each of us finding our own way in our own place. But this is this is a signal. And I think she, you know, she was she was from India, actually, now living in the U.S., right? I like to use my hands a lot when I talk. There's yeah, lots yeah. of bumps and movements <laughs> as I talk. Um, but she said, like, this this really says that we're here. and And it was a very almost emotional moment for the two of us where it was incredible for the brand, but also incredible for anybody who has a cultural connection to Ayurveda to see yourself again, to see the the golden milk cleanser, which is the other thing that I brought for you is a cleanser. I'm biased. Obviously I love, but it's got turmeric in it. It's inspired by the drink. So it's got turmeric in it. It's got black cumin seed oil, which will help to unclog pores. And it's in an oat milk base because mm. I'm an oat milk junkie. But also because oat milk actually supports the barrier of the skin. So if you have sensitive skin, oat milk is really good for it. Excellent. But that will be in every room in the Ritz starting the spring. Like that idea is wild to me yeah. as someone. But also, you know, incredible for the category, incredible for um a statement that Ayurveda is on the global stage, that it is significant, that it is a category in and of itself. When we've always seen, you know, beautiful European brands or, you know, we haven't often seen that nod to Asia or South Asia for certainly. I take the flip and I look at these sorts of um, relationships that you're forming with brands as, as being multilateral, you know? Um, And I think that, you are products being offered through these hotels is going to be an amazing thing for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, you know, flip the script, but I'm saying for everyone involved, I know the experience of going to a luxurious, you know, hotel room where you want rest and respite mm-hmm. and being disappointed by a product suite that you feel is incommensurate with the brand, mm-hmm. not for the ticket price of renting that room. Mm-hmm. But the quality of the linens and the, you know, control that you have over the light and all of these experiential yes. factors may not add up to um, mm-hmm. to the product that's in the bathroom. And so I, I look at it and say, wow, this is definitely going to add value mm-hmm. to the customer experience of those hotel stays. Um, and I and I hope that these are uh, fruitious partnerships that, you know, not only open doors for your brand, but um, but definitely for the brands that are welcoming of them of mm-hmm. your product. So Thank that's you. exciting. Yeah, it is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's tons of great news coming up for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's do some shout outs and call outs to anyone in the audience that wants to try your product. Um, Sahajan is the brand. Sahajan is the brand. So S-A-H-A-J-A-N. 
And the easiest place to find us is sahajan.com. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And at sahajan.com is a primarily a place to buy the product, but also learn more about the ingredients. Do you guys have um, yes. a bunch of content that kind of walks people through the context of the products and stuff? Yes. So you can learn more about the brand, more about the products. Um, you can you know, join the newsletter and we send out obviously product related stuff, but that's where you can sometimes pick up our recipes, some guidance, invitations to events, all of those types of things come through there. And then we do have our blog, which I need to spend a little bit more time on, <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's a great, you know, what we're aiming to create is a place that Absolutely, you buy your skincare, but supports you in your wellness journey. Excellent. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic, fantastic time in studio with you today. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. It was so nice to hear your story, and um, and I can't wait to try your products. Thank you so much. All right. Fizz bump. Boom. <laughs> I love it.